it for 25 years, I thought that maybe I'm a one trick pony. I'm only good in this one industry. And if I can do it at, you know, mid late forties, you can certainly do it. It's a core skill set that you've created because hopefully it's the things that you love doing. It's the kind of work that you really, really enjoy. Anybody who's looked out the window lately knows that it's the job seekers market right now. No, 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 no. Welcome to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores exceptional career success stories, inspiring and insightful personal brand journeys that answer the question, are you coffee or are you Starbucks? Fascinating conversations with leaders about their career breakthroughs from entertainment, tech, media, and more. You'll learn how they've turned up the volume on their brand to unlock success. First-hand, uncensored, and real, as told by people who've been there and plenty of inspiration and practical tools to help you lead with your brand every day as you drive towards your next career breakthrough. And now, here's your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Hey everybody, Jason Patria here, and you are listening to the Lead With Your Brand podcast, which is the podcast for people just like you who are looking to turn up the volume, show your value, and lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. It is March, and we're continuing to celebrate Women's History Month, and last week was International Women's Day, so make sure you check out our Women on Brand collection of our favorite episodes of executives, influencers, and advisors who all just happen to be women by visiting leadwithyourbrand.com slash womenonbrand. Well, I am super excited about today's guest. It is Bobby Amir Shahi, who is the Senior Vice President of Communications at Macy's Inc. But before we get to Bobby, I want to talk a little bit about returning to the office. That's right. I cannot believe that it has been two years since we locked down in major cities around the world and began almost exclusively working from home. Now, I know many of you are essential workers and many of you have been doing some hybrid work, but I have been talking to so many of my clients out in the corporate world and many of you in the next couple of weeks will be heading back into the office for the first time in two years. Well, guess what? I know that it's a stressful time. I know that you're trying to figure out your new routine, but here is the important thing. Do not lose out on the opportunity to lead with your brand as you head back to the office. That's right. This is the time for you to make a brand new first impression. And I know you're thinking, well, Jason, I've worked for this company for several years. Everybody knows who I am. But guess what? They probably haven't seen you in real life in two years. This is a great chance to make a reset and make a brand new first First impression. This is your opportunity to enhance and refine your brand in a way that people are consuming you for the next chapter of your career in real life. So here's some tips that I have as you go through this process. The first tip is think about this as your onboarding. Now, 
if you've worked for your company for a long time, that's fine. But this is really onboarding back into the office. It's about new routines in person. It's about bumping into people at the elevator. It's about running into people at the commissary or grabbing coffee. All of those things that we've come out of practice on. So think about when you start a job, what is that onboarding plan that you have? I want you to create one for yourself and think about it in terms of who it is that you need to reconnect with face to face. I want you to make a plan that you are going out and reaching out to folks so that you're talking to your raving fans in person. I want you to think about some of those key career influencers, some of those executives, some of those folks that work in other divisions or departments that you wouldn't have been on Zoom calls every single week. Now's the time to reconnect with those folks, offer some help, offer some guidance, ask for some input and rebuild those relationships so you are top of mind as they are running in and meeting other people face to face. And I want you to create a list of those newbies, right? Who are those newbies who have started over the past two years and you've never met in person? Now is the time to bring those folks who are new to the organization, at least in the past two years, but now can truly be raving fans of you in person. This is your chance to create an impression and give great FaceTime. And by the way, those folks, this is their first time in this office space. They probably don't know where the restroom is or where the commissary is or even how to use the Xerox machine. This is your opportunity to make a great first impression. And speaking of those first impressions, my second tip is you have got to dress to impress. Think of this as your first day of school. Now, I can remember back in high school, I would go shopping with my Aunt Julie down at South Coast Plaza, and I would be meticulous about what I was going to wear on the first day of school and the whole first week. Well, guess what? This is your chance to make that fabulous impression and dress the part. This is the time to up your game and look the part that you want. No one has seen you except on Zoom. And guess what? If you haven't bought clothes or done your hair in two years, now is the time to do it. You know, this is not about wearing casual clothes and sweats. Obviously, wear what is good in context to your work. But now's the time to really reset how you look in person. So head out to Macy's, head out to Bloomingdale's, go ahead and get that great new outfit and make sure that you are ready for a visual image reset. And finally, it's not just about what people see. It is about what people feel. So my final and third tip is I want you to choose your attitude. You heard me. You are in control of your attitude. So if right now you are fretting going back into the office or you're stressed out about going into the office or you're concerned about the commute and all of those changes and the things that you've gotten used to over the past two years, I want you to get yourself in the mindset to show up with an amazing attitude and show up in a way where you are leading with your brand attributes. I want you to lead with all of those amazing tailwinds that people know you for and make sure that you're amplifying them. Do not let this stressful time be an opportunity 
for you to let those headwinds that drag you back show up. I don't want your first week for people to say, wow, I loved working with Jason, but man, in person, he just seems frazzled or disorganized or stressed out or aggressive and all of these things that we haven't seen in the virtual world. So make sure you're choosing your attitude and you're prepared to show up in those one-on-one and group interactions leading with your tailwinds, those brand attributes that you want to be known for. Ultimately, this is your opportunity to advance your career and get to the next career breakthrough. If you are walking in with all of your great superpowers and your super strengths, and you are looking for holes that need to be filled, and you fill them, this is your opportunity to really shine. Well, I am thrilled for today's guest. It is Bobby Amir Shahi, who is the Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications at Macy's Inc. Now, in his role, Bobby leads enterprise-wide communications for the company, which includes Macy's and Bloomingdale's, and he does crisis and issues management, media relations, colleague communications, financial communications, corporate giving, and thought leadership. Now, Bobby began his career in various PR and corporate comms roles at Cox Cable's subsidiary, Cox Communications, and he's also worked for big entertainment and media brands like Viacom's Comedy Central and Spike TV, Time Warner Cable, and Univision Communications. We'll be back with Bobby Amir Shahi in just a few moments. For over 25 years, Jason has coached, trained, and developed thousands of leaders and executives, helping them achieve their next career breakthrough. He's a featured speaker at global conferences and companies to help everyone bring their best authentic self to work, show their value, and lead with their brand every day. Get more tips and tools at leadwithyourbrand.com. And we are back. I am here with a fabulous guest today. It is Bobby Amir Shahi, who is the Senior Vice President of Corporate Communications at Macy's Inc. Bobby, what is going on? Hey, great to be here. Good to see you and hear you, Jason. Great to see you and uh, great to see you in 2022. Bobby, tell me what exciting things are happening at Macy's because I love shopping on your app. Well, that's good because we put a lot of time and money into refreshing that app and we get some of the best conversion, which is a fancy word to say that when people come to visit, they actually find something they like or love and buy it. And, you know, uh, I'm in the comms business, so I'm always reminding people it's a digitally driven business, even though you still see a lot of signs for a Macy's store, which are still wonderful to visit. But I would tell you, things are really good. And uh, thank you for using the app. So to all your listeners, download it or the Bloomingdale's app. Absolutely. Well, Bobby, talk to me. When you first uh, meet people, whether it's in person or in a digital connection, how is it that you introduce yourself? How do you explain who you are and what it is that you do as a comms person? Yeah, I try not, I try to use a very simplified version of my title. You know, I'm the comms guy or I need comms. <laughs> at Macy's Inc. And I sometimes will say my whole name so they know how to pronounce it because uh, it's not easy for everybody when they see it, which is Emir Shahi. And I let them know my pronouns of preference are, are he and him. Awesome. And, and how do you explain to people what it is that you do in comms? 
Oh gosh. You know, I think that's the funny thing about working in communications, right? Like the, the shoemakers, kids have no shoes. It's like some people don't <laughs> fully understand what we do, which includes all our parents. But uh, you know, what's great about this business that I'm in um, in terms of communications is that it runs a, a wide gamut. So obviously I'm in, you know, in the for-profit corporate side and, that's everything from reputation management to uh, employee engagement to more and more you see that being part of uh, social impact or social imp- purpose, uh, as well as financial communications and how um, how you justify or explain a merger or a divestiture or you name it. And so uh, the world uh, businesses today or nonprofits, they can't. Uh, be successful without great communications people on their teams. Yeah. And now if you look back over your career right now, you are in the, the retail space with great brands like Macy's and Bloomingdale's, but you spent a ton of time in the entertainment and media space at, at Cox and Viacom and Time Warner and Univision where, where, where we met. When you look back over your career, what have been some of those big career breakthrough moments for you? My gosh. Well, you just rattled off a bunch of, you know, amazing brands and places that I've worked at. And there's, and there's been others too. Um, listen, I think for me, uh, I'll, you know, you spoke to retail first. I, I've been in the media business, you know, big media from cable to broadcast to content creation for 25 years. And I was frankly, you know, asking the right questions. I think about, can I, can I, can I do this? Can I make a left turn into a whole new industry at my age? Um, and whether or not it's still in New York, it's a whole new, uh, it's a whole new arena in terms of the people in the industry, the trade associations, the press that cover it on and on and on. And so I think for me, you know, it was having that confidence of, oh, but I'm really good at what I love doing, which is again, going back to communications, but applying it to a new space and just having that curiosity and appetite to learn a whole new business. Uh, and so, you know, I thank uh, the folks at Macy's Inc. who took a, took a bet on me and trusted me on that. Now, I think for me, if you're going to ask about breakthrough moments, you know, I think back to some of the best um, formative years of my life or career was working at Cox Enterprises in Atlanta. And so they're they're a, a privately held business, and most people know them through their cable division, Cox Cable. But they've got Auto Trader, uh, Valpac, if you remember that, going into your mailbox. Oh yeah, and lots and lots of uh, other subsidiaries and brands. And I think you know I started there at what twenty three, closeted. And it wasn't until I was maybe 26, 27 when I started to go through that process that I'm sure a lot of your, your listeners are familiar with where you, you find it within yourself to come to your truth with your loved ones, family, friends. But sometimes you, you kind of stop at the, at the entrance to the place you work at. And rem- to remind yeah. you, this is like the late 90s, <laughs> close to OO. And also there was, you know, what I think surprised me uh, at that time was there was still this thing called the AIDS epidemic, you know, cause when I was yeah. coming out of it, I thought, Oh, well, maybe I, I, I missed, I missed it. Right. Like it was a eighties, early nineties thing. And, and there were still people getting infected that I knew per, like good friends getting infected at that yeah. time. And of course people still do. Um, <clears throat> and I just remember thinking, you know, what a weird time this is. And, and I looked across this vast company, at least to me, it was a vast company and I didn't see anybody openly gay that was wow. um, my level or senior to me. 
And I mean, the longer I work there, you, you kind of become aware that, oh yeah, that's, that person is gay and, and they're, they've got gay friends, but they are not out at work and they're very senior. Mm. And so as a yeah. 26, 27 year old, I take that as a message that you shouldn't or that's wrong. And I think for me, my breakthrough moment, which should be familiar to a lot of people is just when you find that strength to go out and be yourself at work. And I brought up the, what was going on with HIV and AIDS, because I think I also had, you know, the little bit of an activist inside of me um, was, you know, cable, the cable industry has a lot of um, power and influence and ability to broadcast, amplify, get messages out. And there were, there were these nonprofit groups within the industry, cable positive being one, and um, they had chapters in some of the big cities, but not Atlanta. And Atlanta at the time had Turner and uh, was it, gosh, Comcast offices there, Weather Channel. Yeah, yeah, tons of folks, right? Right, MTV used to have an office there. And so I remember um, saying, well, I'm going to organize a group here. And, you know, all those things that go through your head, um, well, does that mean people will think I have HIV? Um, Does that matter? Um, then the other questions would be, I had, I actually had great advisors who were straight who said to me, you know, just be careful. If you go out with this as part of your brand, I don't know that I can protect you. And I know when I tell that story to young people, they think, oh my God, what a, what a mean spirited person. And I go, no, 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 no. You don't understand. It was a different era. It was in the South and they were trying to protect me from making a mistake. Um, but luckily that activists, you know, guy who gets a little bit irked and wants to make a difference decided I'm going to go for it. I am going to come out. I am going to start this organization. And it actually was one of the best things for my career. I got to know very senior executives at all those companies I just named in a short amount of time. And, and I, I don't feel like it branded me as just the gay guy. It just, it just got me much more network, much more savvy about how to make things happen inside of a company. And, uh, so for me, that was a true breakthrough moment and a way to really build my brand. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's so interesting because it's one of those moments that you look back and you probably almost didn't do it, right? If you followed that advice, you, you might not be sitting where you are with the, the, the type of, uh, of CV or, or resume that you had. You know, I always think about it's one thing to get the exposure, but then once you're there, you have to show up really well. So, so talk to me about working, right? You were working at Cox, but then suddenly you're interfacing with these leaders and executives from mm-hmm. all of the other businesses, what is it that you did to really show up as, as not only your authentic self, but, but someone that people would gravitate to? You know, I think um, regardless of the company or the industry you're in, you've got to put the time in. And for me, that meant doing research. That meant um, if I'm going to be invited to have a seat at a table, um, which includes an SVP, a very senior person, I'm going to actually do double the research I normally would. And I'm going to be so well-read that when I walk in the room, I know I have something to say. I know I'll have something to offer because it's my, it may be my one chance to get noticed um, because I want to, I want to be seen. I want to be heard. I want people to know what I'm interested in or what I can offer. So, you know, not a sexy answer, but it's like doing the research and, and putting in the time. So I think, I think of that, you know, and I always tell this to younger people, um, who, if they ask for this kind of advice, you know, the minute you walk into an elevator or, you know, any just unscheduled moment that you have around a senior executive, and it could even be the CEO, you're on. It's those moments where they see you 
And, and every time they see you, they kind of adds to their impression of you. How do you show up? How do you engage? Are you shy? Are you just uh, feeling like it's not appropriate to, to look up and speak up? Or do you just find a way to be natural and engage? And I think, you know, some people think that may not sound fair, but, you know, every moment that you're present, you're on and people are consciously or subconsciously making an impression of you. So those are the things that I always kind of kept in mind um, to make sure that I was working on my brand proactively. Yeah, I mean, we're always on stage. So so talk to me, how have you throughout your career sort of gotten over that shyness where it's like, oh, the CEO just walked in or ooh, this big exec just walked into the elevator and, and you kind of just want to turn away or look at your iPhone or or, you know, shuffle around. How is it that you've taught yourself to, like, make sure that you're present in those moments? Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I remember back in time being a little bit shy. Um, so. It's funny because I don't think I am now, but <laughs> you know, you just uh, you think about you think about like how would I be with you know anybody else, um, you know, an older member of the family that you don't know well or something. Just be normal, right? Put your shoulders down and and actually look someone in the eye and say hello, and then ask the most natural question in the world: How are you doing today? I don't, I don't care if you're an intern. I think that's an appropriate thing to ask a CEO if they're in an elevator or elsewhere. So I guess my point is engage, be normal, be yourself. And if you really are nervous, then I guess just don't say anything. But uh, <laughs> it. now, now talk to me, Bobby, when you were a kid growing up, what, what did you want to be? Did you always want to be in this communication space? Gosh, you know, I had a very specific idea. And so in a weird way, I kind of got there. Uh, I moved to this country when I was almost eight years old, during, you know, a year after the Iranian revolution. I'd grown up in Tehran. And um, as soon as I got to the U.S., I was enchanted and enamored with all things television and movies. And all the way through the age of 11 and 12, I would study who produced what shows and movies and, you know, how things got made in Hollywood and uh, and New York. And I remember just, I always longed to have a career in entertainment or, or um, yeah, in entertainment. And so, you know, uh, my first job out of college was in a communications role for a trade association in DC, uh, <laughs> telecommunications, not exactly the dream, but I loved, you know, communications and, and writing and getting, um, information out in a way that, uh, best positioned your client or your employer. And, Interestingly, from there, cable companies were getting into telecommunications. So that landed me the job at Cox, but we were a distributor. And then that those experiences and relationships in that uh, very exciting industry uh, brought me to Viacom. And then from Vi- and then I was suddenly in, in Los Angeles uh, working with studios to create content for Comedy Central, Spike TV and others. And I ran into these producers, Robert Morton comes to mind. He used to be the producer for David Letterman's show way back when it was on NBC. Yeah. I used to write him letters as a 12 year old and the guy would respond. What? And when we, re- when we realized our, you know, my last name's somewhat memorable. I said, you're, you're Bob Morton. Right. And uh, we were on set and he goes, you're that kid with the Iranian name, a Persian name from Stafford, Virginia. And he goes, I told you to call me when you got done with school. What are you doing in comms? I, I thought you were going to be in production. And this is, you know, I'm 37, 38 at this point. And it's just, <laughs> I thought to myself, wow, what a full circle moment. 
and you know what? As it turned out, I got to Hollywood. I wasn't crazy about Hollywood. Now, mind you, I love Los Angeles and California, but the industry, it just wasn't for me. So I actually went back to Cox and then ultimately Time Warner Cable. And I realized I like sitting at the strategy table uh, at the headquarters. And I'm interested in things that go, you know, beyond content creation, but like, how do you deliver it? And how do you sell it? And how do you, how do you win? So long story, but uh, yeah, that's, that's, that was the ambition. And I feel like I can check the box. Yeah. And, and so, you know, now you're over at, at Macy's Inc. And you talked about, you know, it was a departure moving out of sort of the media entertainment, uh, type of space. And it, it dawns on me that, you know, right now, the past couple of years, because of COVID and the way that we're doing work differently, now's really a great time for people to explore things that maybe they felt they couldn't explore before. What advice do you have for people that are maybe looking to move into a, a different industry sector? Or, or move and bring their skills to something that maybe in the past would have not been an obvious career choice? Well, I think you said it well. This is a ripe moment for people who are curious and interested in making that kind of change. I was just talking to somebody last week um, who approached me through a network connection about the same thing. I've always worked in tech PR. I'm nervous about you know pivoting to another industry. And I said the same thing I said to you, which was, you know, after 25 years, I thought that maybe I'm a one trick pony. I'm only good in this one industry. And if I can do it at, you know, mid late forties, you can certainly do it. It's that core skill set that you've created because hopefully it's the things that you love doing. It's the kind of work that you really, really enjoy. Anybody who's looked out the window lately knows that it's the job seekers market right now. I mean, it's, there are many job openings. Companies are aggressively looking for the right people. And um, I think this would be an exciting time to make a shift. And I think the last thing I'll say is it is also harder to onboard in a, in a time when many corporate uh, folks are working remotely still, right? Now, yeah. many people do not get the luxury of working remotely because their jobs are in person. Uh, but if you're talking about corporate roles or managerial roles of that sort, then um, that can be a challenge because for some people, uh, they just do better when they're around people. So you've got to find contingencies about how to make that work in what is seemingly a more virtual world. Yeah. And so, so let's talk about your brand, right? You, you talked about that, that pivotal moment back in your career in Atlanta that people were trying to protect you from, you know, taking your brand, uh, you know, uh, off the path. How would you describe your brand, Bobby? Give me three words that you would use to describe your brand. Uh, let's see. I mean, two that come to mind right away are I am very engaged and I'm accessible. And if you allow a hyphenated double action oriented. Yes, it's your action oriented. I love that. So engaged, accessible and action oriented. So how do you show up that way as as a leader? Right. What are the things that you do to show up and, and that people would describe you that way? I think it's clear to whether it's a peer or the people that work on my on my team or just partners in the business, like I'm the one leaning in. And especially as I talk about uh, when you're a newcomer, I'm the one setting up the meetings. Sometimes they have an agenda and sometimes they don't. It's a, uh, you have to do that work of getting to know people and being engaged. And it doesn't end when you get that get to know you moment. Um, you know, for, for instance, 
Uh, every member of the leadership team at Macy's Inc. has a check-in with me and vice versa once a month, just so it's on the calendar. Now, depending on what's happening, I'm talking to that person many, many times during the month, whether yeah. it's the CFO, head of digital, you name it. Um, and that's my way of being smart about the business, but I'm engaged. And I, and I think, you know, even for people on my team, even at the junior levels, I make sure I do a lot of skip level meetings. So skip means when you uh, meet with people that don't report to you, but you meet with their direct yeah. reports. So all year long, I have a very, you know, uh, a calendar that's filled with those skip level meetings so that I can have a pulse on what they're thinking. And I always like to say to them before the end of the call, what would you do differently if you were in charge of the department? You know, what, what ideas do you have? And so just making sure that um, I lean into that idea of being accessible. I think I valued it when I saw it in, in leaders. And then action oriented, that's just, that's, that's my nature, right? I'd love to be known, maybe even, <laughs> you know, I, I'd love to be known more as like the thoughtful, uh, wise one. And, and I certainly do mull things over all the time. There's, there's no escaping that. But at the end of the day, my orientation is to, to, to make things happen, to take action. Yeah. And I hope that that, you know, in many ways is um, seen and emulated by folks on the team. Yeah. Now, Bobby, talk to me about the accessible aspect from the standpoint of people say to me all of the time, oh, like, I want to be accessible, but then, like, I don't have time for that, or then I don't have time to do any of my work. How do you kind of find that balance to have these skip-level meetings, have your internal executive clients, you know, all, all scheduled out and still be able to get your other work done? Wow. When I hear you ask it like that, it makes me wonder, like, how is this working? Uh <laughs> I will tell you there there have been moments when I go, I tell myself I better I better brew more coffee tomorrow because there's a lot of talking happening tomorrow there's a lot of meetings. Um listen I think it just goes back to are you going to make a commitment or not? You know, if I make the commitment that I'm going to have those meetings every month or whatever uh frequency then we're going to map them out as far in advance as we can so that everything else has to be figured out in between. That's out of respect for their calendars and mine. And I think that it comes down to commitment. It's kind of like when people say, you know, how did you get to the gym four days that week? You listen, it, it turned into a commitment. Yeah. I know because I don't have that commitment as like I used to, but hopefully it'll come back. But <laughs> you, know, you make commitments to yourself and you make the time. Uh, it sounds cliche, but you just either you do it or you don't. If it's not that important, you know, yeah. if, if it's if it keeps getting canceled, it means you're not committed to it. Mm, absolutely. So talk to me. Have have these traits, right? Engaged, accessible, action oriented, this brand. Has this sort of always been your brand or has it really evolved over the years? Good question. I, I would probably surmise that accessible had to, you know, came with experience, right? Because mm -hmm. when you're more junior in your career, you're you're wanting the access. Somewhere along the way, you start leading more and more people on a team. And, you know, I always say to folks, uh, you know, at least in most companies I've worked at, that director level is where you're, you're, you're running stuff. You're in the room with a lot of senior people, but you're not that senior. You actually still actually have to do the work that you're coming up with great ideas for. And so it's, you know, you're busy, busy. Well, are you accessible? Like somewhere in that moment in your career uh, trajectory, you, you need to also remind yourself that, well, now that I'm a leader, now that I'm a boss, how am I making 
myself appear and actually be accessible to people, not just the people that work for you, but like I talked about skip level meetings, right. Or um, yeah. just being, being known as like, yeah, every, every couple of years, you know, we know we can count on Bobby to be in the mentor program. So how do you begin to realize, you know, you, you have to make a pivot. It's very, it's an interesting time in the career, right? Cause you really are working yeah. your butt off. You're leading and you're doing, uh, and not to fool anybody that once you get to the very senior levels, you're not working still, but it's a different kind of, <laughs> but, it, but it turns into a different kind of work. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and how did you uh, enhance or evolve your brand when you really moved into these more senior level positions? What did, what did you have to, to alter? You know, I think that's actually a great question because I remember a mentor of mine who was head of comms, uh, back at Time Warner Cable, and she reminded me um, or gave me a great story about how when she got to the senior table, she thought that j- if she just came fully armed and loaded with all the things about PR, communications, community engagement, and would be the expert at the table, that would be enough. And what she told me was, no, I, I was counted on as a member of a team to have opinions and insights about other people's lanes and and other parts of the business to be fully vested and to be, you know, far more concerned than just my function. And I thought that was really eye-opening. So by the time I was invited to uh, speak at and be part of a senior table, you know, I, I go, I mentioned earlier, you've got to do the research and be smart. You, You know, I take the time to understand how we make money. Yeah. How, how do we expand margins? How do we, you know, um, try to get um, expand our workforce at a time when the the labor market is so tight? Really understand each of the functions so that when I speak up, I can speak more than to just what my team is doing. I can actually speak to what I think uh, is, you know, a potential source of revenue for the business, or so on and so on. Um, so I think that's that's an interesting thing that they don't always tell you when you start out in corporate America, if you want to get to the senior table, that uh, you need to really learn and understand the rest of the business, too. So, Bobby, as as a communications expert, you're really uh, responsible for helping build and protect the brands in your portfolio. What are some of those communication and branding tools that you use uh, professionally for those brands that people could use on their own career brand? Well, I think uh, I actually love making those comparisons to reputation management. Yeah. It's not so different what you do for yourself in the way that you would think about it for a brand or a company. You know, are you honest? Do you know when to speak up and when to dial it down? Mm. Uh, do you do what you say you'll do? And um, do you show up? I mean, it sounds so basic, but that's reputation management. Um, you know, the other thing, um, you know, one of the reasons I think I'm invited to the to the senior table is my job is to always ask the question, what could go wrong? Mm. What could go wrong with, the, you know, the topic at hand? Uh, you know, so I, it's not meant to be risk averse. It's meant to ask yourself, you know, before I step in it or before I make this aggressive play or, before I decide that I'm going to inject myself into the conversation, uh, what could go wrong? You know, and what that does is just, it's a way of scenario planning. Yeah. If the conversation goes this way, if the conversation goes that way, if, 
if it turns out that somebody has more information on this than I do, um, you're just, you know, your brain gets used to it after a while. And you just start to think about that, that all the time, because that's my job at the company. What could go wrong? That's, I mean, that's only part of the job. The other part is getting the comfort, the company and perhaps yourself more comfortable with putting a foot out and stepping out on an issue. Like, is my company going to speak up about uh, the Equality Act that seems to just be sitting there in Congress? Yeah. And, you know, it kind of goes back to my story about when I was much younger. Am I willing to use my brand and my identity as an openly gay man to say that I have an opinion on this matter and I'd like to share it so that you have some insights What's the, when's the right time to do that? How do you do that? Um, so I think those, those core skills that I try to apply for my client, in this case, my employer, are the same things I do all the time as a person in the company. Yeah. And I know so many of our listeners, they're, they're always asking themselves, right? What's that line between advocacy and, and going too far with my employer? You, you know, you've done this work. What has been successful for you to show up in a really positive way that gets, uh, corporations and other executives on board with these type of, of pro social initiatives? Yeah. Listen, I, I want to be transparent to any listener to say, I go back to those early years of thinking, okay, I, I, I leaned into the extracurricular of cable positive and I told you how that was a risk. And then it turned into a positive for me. And, you know, and more importantly, like we raised incredible amounts of money to benefit aid Atlanta. And there were, uh, you know, leveraging PSAs across our networks to put out messages to reduce stigma. Uh, I could go on and on. Um, and so I think about my fear at the time of, will I be known as the gay PR guy in the company? Will I be the gay guy? And, you know, what I think ultimately happened, because I'm proud of my identity, was I was that really good PR guy. Oh, yeah, he happens to be gay. I think that's what a lot of us want to be known for career-wise first is what you do. Yeah. What you stand for. Um, And I'm not shy about being known as the gay guy or LGBTQ+. Etc. So I think I remember sort of being proactive thinking about it, but not being obsessed about it and, and making sure that I was managing that. That was what was important to me. Um, yeah. And so today I like to think that there is this openly gay guy, you know, sitting at Macy's Inc. at the SVP level that, you know, allows others to feel like that's okay for me to be out too. Listen, I work for Macy's Inc., which has an openly gay. CEO, uh, chairman of the board, Jeff Gannett. So like, you don't have to look any higher up (laughs) in our industry or at Macy's to have a role model. And so, which is one of the things that really drew me to the brand is to know that um, the leadership and uh, authenticity, and this, this is a gentleman who came out in 1983 uh, so wow. he, he could teach a masterclass on authenticity. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that you are a father. How has being a father, uh, changed either your brand or the way that you think about work and, and career? Well, it certainly has changed a lot of things. And in terms of career, I will tell you one thing. I think when I joined Univision, I had just had Alex. So for all you folks out there are thinking about, uh, being a parent or having a second one, don't do it right as you're joining a new company. 
boy, it's stressful uh, having a newborn. And so I remember though, um, you know, I had a great relationship with my, my boss there. And I remember telling her, it's funny how me having a young child at home and having the kinds of stories that I could tell made me a lot more relatable to other people, i.e. predominantly straight people at the office. And I was like, wow, this is a whole new territory of rela- relatability that is helping me connect with people. And I found that to be really interesting. And that doesn't mean that you can, you know, that if you don't have kids straight or gay, that you're not going to be relatable. You just have to relate in different ways. But it just made it mm-hmm. easier because most yeah. people who run into at work uh, past the age of 30, at least, seem to have kids. Uh, not all, but most. And so I find I found that to be like a interesting aha moment. Yeah. So, Bobby, a couple of uh, a quick, fun uh, final questions for you. We've been talking all about your brand. What is your favorite brand? What are you obsessed with as a uh, consumer? I think right now I'm looking at VRBO. Ooh. Because that was a sleepy brand that now is like, no, 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 wait, we were here before Airbnb. And I feel like I'm getting ready to want to travel again. And I love the way that they have um, put so much energy and, mo- and excitement back into their brand. I think that's a interesting one. Uh, another brand that I'm not, I'm a little bit obsessed with is one that I used to um, always complain about. But somehow through the pandemic, they seem to have made a complete turnaround when it comes to service and quality. And that's United Airlines. Ah, I'm a a 1K million miler, too. I am far less than that. But uh, because I live in New Jersey, uh, it's not easy for me to pick another airline and and travel two hours to JFK. Uh, So I I find that I'm using United now. and, And so I'm fascinated more so about how a company could be one way before the pandemic and now be so different after the pandemic in a, in a great way. And so from a business perspective, I'm fascinated to know how the new CEO uh, was able to make changes that I as a consumer am now experiencing and feeling, whether I'm flying cross country in a big jet or some small regional affiliate down to Richmond where my family is, I'm having a much more consistent experience that's on time with far friendlier people. And so for me, it, it you know, I'm obsessed with that brand more so because I want to understand how they made that transformation happen. Yeah. And Scott Kirby is such an interesting guy because I feel like he's out there taking a stand for things as you were talking right. about, whether it's about environmental uh, elements or, you know, training pilots to address the pilot shortage and, and bringing that in house. Really interesting kind of uh, change, right? Exactly. And Bobby, if you were a type of car, what type of car would you be? I would probably be a Toyota 4Runner. Ooh, and why? I want to be accessible and and engaged. And that car can drive over anything and get things done. And it's much faster than it looks. And um, I, I, I love that car when I used to have it. It used to transport my two Labradors all across the country. Uh, so I would say I would be um, a Toyota 4Runner, which is really practical. Who would have thought? <laughs> and finally, Bobby, what's the best career advice that you'd like to pass on to our listeners? Uh, that's easy. You know, I remember when I interned at uh, this small agency called... Um, Arnold Advertising in Virginia. 
and uh, they had a small PR shop. And this woman there was my boss or sponsor. And she took me aside one day and she just said, listen, I'm going to tell you, you're going to, you're going to have great jobs and you're going to have some bad ones. And it might be because you have a bad boss or whatever. And she put that L symbol. I mean, this is like mid nineties, early nineties, maybe. And she put the L symbol to her head. She goes, if it's Losersville, get out. (laughs) And think about the fact that this was a long time ago. I hate to say when people were much more um, expected to stay. Yeah. Five, 10 lifetimes. And I took that advice to heart and ironically, you know, stayed at Cox Enterprises uh, for 10 years uh, and then later came back and did another four years. So, um, but what you won't see on my resume or my, or you might see some gaps is, or not gaps, short stays is I've been places where it's either, it's not me, it's you, or it's both of us, or it's just not working. And there's places where I've interviewed, you know, many, many times in the cycle, in, in the process. And I just realized something deep down says, I know it's not going to work. Or I know the money looks good. The title looks great. Oh, this is going to be so good on my resume. But I always tell myself, there's no way I can get out of bed and go to a job where I don't feel, I don't feel seen or protected or safe or able to do what I love to do. And uh, the sooner you find out, get out, even if you've already started, you know what I mean? I think trying to stay someplace that uh, doesn't feel good um, and not everybody has that luxury, right? We all got bills to pay, but I would say, you know, you know, when you're, when your head and your heart uh, align on, it's not right, get out. That's the thing that has brought me the most um, sort of peace in my career. Great advice. Well, Bobby Amir Shahi, thank you so much for joining us today. It was great reconnecting. Thank you, Jason. Love doing it. And I'll be back in just a few moments with my final thoughts. Are you tired of not being recognized for your work? Are you ready to rise above the rest and accelerate to the next level? The Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program will help you take control of your career, develop your own unique brand, and catapult you to a whole new level of success. You are a top performer, and the Lead With Your Brand Career Breakthrough Mentoring Program is what you need to get you there. Visit leadwithyourbrand.com to learn how. Wow, I just loved that conversation with Bobby Amer Shahi, the SVP of Corpcom at Macy's Inc. You know, Bobby had so much great information about how to be your authentic self and how do you weigh risks and how do you do scenario planning. But you know, what really stood out to me that is just such a universal truth is that notion that we are all always on stage. There's no point when you are around folks or you're in the digital space that you're not on stage. So you always want to be leading with your brand. I love that Bobby said, when you walk into that elevator or you bump into that executive or that CEO on the street, it may be your chance to be noticed. And all of these little interactions lead up to that broader brand perspective and brand image that people have of you. So make sure that you're always prepared, knowing your brand attributes, knowing how you want to show up, and ultimately taking action and engaging with people in the moment. Well, that's our show 
for you today. If you loved our conversation, make sure that you are subscribed or following on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast so that you can get a brand new episode every single Tuesday. Make sure you're following me on social media. I'm at Jason Patria on all platforms. And check me out on LinkedIn for tons of tools, tips, and tricks to help you lead with your brand to your next career breakthrough. And remember, in your career, don't be a boring old commodity like coffee. Make sure you are a super premium brand like Starbucks. You've been listening to Lead With Your Brand, the podcast that explores and uncovers exceptional career success stories and inspiring personal brand journeys with your host, personal branding expert, diversity advocate, and keynote speaker, Jason Patria. Remember to subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit us at leadwithyourbrand.com.